Greetings, fellow travelers, vagrants, explorers, wildlanders, and welcome to episode 27 of the Retro Wildlands. My name is Nomad, and this is my gaming podcast where I like to share my thoughts and experiences with a video game that I have discovered or rediscovered while roaming the gaming wildlands. Thank you very much for tuning into the show this week. Whether this is your first episode, your 27th episode, or you're somewhere in between, I am really glad that you decided to take a chance with us today and join us on our Wildlands expedition. We just threw some logs onto the campfire, so grab yourself a drink, find a spot, and pop a squat. Our canine expedition leader, Dee Dee, will be around to greet you all momentarily. We've been trying to teach him how to shake, so when he comes around, place your hand out and just say, paw. Hopefully, he will give you a nice, firm, gentleman's handshake, but if not, be sure to at least give him a good scratch behind the ears. Our second-in-command, Dexter, would be around if he wasn't grumping hardcore today. But it is getting cold here again in Ohio, so Dexter is just hiding under that blanket pile over there if you want to go over there and say hi. Just watch your step if you do end up heading in that gentle direction. Sometimes he gets so grumpy he acts like one of those trapdoor spiders, so definitely watch your fingers and toes if you want to risk it. On today's episode, we've taken the expedition back to Springfield, and we've called upon a trail expert to get us there. Returning to the retro wildlands as our guest is my stepdaughter Cameron. Lover of puppies, mac and cheese, and The Simpsons, she's going to join us for the second half of the show as she and I talk about what we each thought about our latest trip back to Evergreen Terrace. Back on episode 10 of the podcast, we shared some stories and experiences together on The Simpsons Arcade. This week, we're going to be talking about The Simpsons Road Rage. I was fortunate enough to get a Nintendo GameCube back in my collection recently, and I was also fortunate enough to get my hands on Road Rage for the console as well. Of all the Simpsons video games out there, I always got the impression that Road Rage landed somewhere in the middle of it all in terms of gameplay quality and overall fun factor. The game itself is one with a simple premise. Playing as our favorite character from the series, we drive around Springfield picking up passengers. As fast as we can, we need to drive them to their destinations and collect as much cash as we can before time runs out. If you've ever heard of a little game called Crazy Taxi, you'll probably get the premise of Simpsons Road Rage. This game took the Crazy Taxi formula and slapped a thick yellow Simpsons coat of paint all over everything. And while Road Rage certainly tried its best to have its own identity, this is clearly a Crazy Taxi clone. So much so that, at one point, Sega, the creator and owner of the Crazy Taxi franchise, sued Fox Interactive, Electronic Arts, and Radical Entertainment, claiming that Road Rage was a blatant copyright ripoff of Crazy Taxi. Everything was ultimately settled out of court to the tune of an undisclosed amount of money, but looking past the lawsuit and obvious parallels when it comes to the gameplay experience, I have to pose this one question. Is The Simpsons Road Rage a fun game to play, and is it worth checking out? So this is only the second time we've ever had a guest on the show, so allow me to briefly touch on the format today. The show is going to be split into two parts. 
In the first part, it'll just be me, and I'll be diving into some of the specifics about the game as per usual. I'll touch on things like the gameplay experience, the presentation, the controls, and what my overall impressions and experiences were. After a short musical break, Cameron will join me to talk about her perspectives on playing the game with me. We ask each other some questions we both thought up ahead of time, so it'll be a mix of conversation and interview. Cameron played the game with me, so I thought it would be fun to get her perspective. And to give her a chance to brag a little bit because, ah, it pains me to say this, she is better at this game than I am. Oh, oh, that stung. Now before we get into the show itself, I like to take some time up front to give everyone a peek behind the scenes here on the Retro Wildlands and just chat you all up for a little bit. I usually rant about things such as how the podcast itself is going, what projects I'm working on, what games I'm playing, read any comments from the community about today's episode, and whatever else I feel like rambling about. If none of that interests you and you just want to get to the Simpsons Road Rage conversation, no worries. You can skip ahead from here about five to seven minutes. There will be timestamps in the show's description as well, so if you want to skip right where you need to go, check those out. Well, now that I think about it, I don't think I have too much to report this week. The show itself is still growing ever so slowly. In terms of actual downloads, we keep trending ever so slightly upwards as time goes on. With the exception of one day this year, at least one episode of the show has been downloaded every single day. We're on pace to hit over 750 downloads across all episodes at this point, and while I'm not sure if that's really good given how many episodes we have, I don't really think I care. When I first started this podcast, it was just to have a little fun, learn a new skill, and just see what happened. I never dreamed that anyone would actually want to listen to whatever it was that I decided to puke up. It's humbling, and it makes me want to work that much harder at it. So, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. If this is your first show, or you've been with us for a while, I really appreciate you taking a chance on the Retro Wildlands. That being said, let me slide some quick, uh, quote-unquote, help-me-grow-the-podcast plugs in here. If you end up liking the show, I'd appreciate it if you could leave us a good review on your podcast service of choice if it allows it. I do know someone left us a good review on Apple iTunes, and while I can't see who left it since there weren't any written comments, at least not that I can see, just know, person out there, I appreciate the hell out of you, sir or ma'am, if you are listening. You can also check us out on social media, too. We have a presence on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube if you search at Retro Wildlands. Check us out over there if you want to see what we're up to, check out what's coming up on the show, or interact with me directly. You can directly message me if you want to give me any feedback on the show, chit-chat about video games, or whatever else. The big thing that I try to stick to is revealing what game we're going to be covering on the following week's episode, and give you all a chance to have a comment or question read on that show, so be on the lookout for that if that's something that interests you at all. And lastly, if I may impose, if you think the show is halfway decent and not a total dumpster fire, please tell a friend about it. Alright, beyond all that, I've got a few things I'm working on over here regarding the show. In February, I'll be taking a week-long trip for my adult job to do adult work things, so I'm trying my best to get an episode or two worked up and recorded ahead of time. I really don't want you all to miss an episode of the show on account of me working. 
Right now, I'm thinking the game for that specific week is going to be Parasite Eve 2 for the Sony PlayStation. Not only did I play that game to death when I was younger, I replayed it a few times several months ago for a video review that I put together that I never did quite finish. So the game is pretty much top of mind, I have tons of gameplay footage, and I have a video review script just sitting there gathering dust. I'm more than likely just going to repurpose that script into a podcast script, record it, and then bada-bing, bada-boom, episode. Plus, I really don't see much out there these days regarding the second Parasite Eve game, so it's one that I really want to put some content out there about, and it's one that I think you'll get a kick out of listening to me talk about. I just started playing Super Smash TV on the Super Nintendo this week, and I am liking that one so far. It's a top-down shooter where you're taking on hordes and hordes of enemies, with some big ones thrown in for good measure. It's been a pretty good time so far, but I'm not very good at it yet. The direction that you shoot is done by pressing the buttons on the right side of your controller, and that is not something that I'm used to, and it's a lot harder than it sounds, at least for me. Games nowadays allow you to use the right thumbstick on most controllers to shoot, but obviously the Super Nintendo doesn't have this luxury. It's been interesting, to say the least, to try and attempt to rewire my brain a little bit. Once I get decent at this game and play through it, there will more than likely be an episode about this game on the show somewhere down the line. I've only played the first stage, but there's plenty to talk about here. The question that'll need answering, though, is, will I ultimately like this game? We'll just have to wait and see. The only other thing to mention is that I'm trying to go back and replay some of the games I first covered on the podcast, like Metroid Zero Mission and Castlevania, in order to capture some gameplay footage of them. I've been uploading podcast episodes over on our YouTube page, and instead of just uploading the audio with a still image, I've been making slideshows of my gameplay footage. You know, just something to spice up the presentation. Problem is, I wasn't recording gameplay footage for the games I've been covering like I am now, so I need to go back. I know I could just chuck a still image out there and call it a day, but I have a vision for what I want it all to look like. I try not to let the whole great get in the way of good, as they say, but when it comes to the retro Wildlands, I just want to make sure it's something I'm proud of when I look back on it. So yeah, it's been a little time-consuming to go back and play some of those games again just to get footage, but when I'm done, I think it'll all look really fantastic, and I hope you all feel that way too if you decide to give those a listen over on YouTube. So head on over there if you want to see what I have up there so far. It's not much, but greatness from small beginnings, am I right? Okay, I think that is all I want to ramble about this week. It's time to get to the reason that you're all here. It's time to talk about... The Simpsons Road Rage. We had someone chime in about the game over on our Instagram platform, and I am probably going to butcher your handle, my friend, and I apologize. Urag off, Urag off, Urag underscore off. (laughs) Over on the Instagram platform, messaged us and said, Is this a good game or just a copy of Crazy Taxi? I know that Hit and Run was absolutely insane, but I never tried this one. Well, my friend, Road Rage is absolutely a copy of Crazy Taxi. I don't think anyone can really deny it that much, but the bigger question that you posed is, is this a good game? I really think that's going to come down to whether or not you like games like Crazy Taxi or The Simpsons as a whole. 
I think if you like one, the other, or both, you'll have a pretty good time here. And if you aren't a fan of either, I think there might be something here for some people if they want to give it a go. We'll dive a little deeper into the game and its various game modes in the episode itself, so hopefully I'll give you and everybody else enough to digest and decide for yourselves. I really do appreciate you writing into the show, my friend. Sorry I butchered your handle, that one's kind of on me. Released first on the PlayStation 2 on November 30th, 2001, the Xbox on December 1st, and then on the Nintendo GameCube on December 19th, The Simpsons Road Rage is a game with a very simple premise. Mr. Burns has started up his own line of public transportation in Springfield using megabuses powered by nuclear power. As you can imagine, that is not exactly the safest way to travel these days, so the citizens of Springfield band together to put Burns out of the transit business. How do they aim to do that? By becoming taxi drivers and taking people where they need to go themselves. Obviously, Mr. Burns isn't going to stand for this and will stop at nothing to ensure that you fail. It's going to be up to us as players to choose a character and vehicle and drive all over Springfield, taking people where they need to go as fast as we possibly can. We're going to be working with and helping many familiar faces as we go. The Simpsons themselves are present and accounted for, but we'll also be working with the likes of Groundskeeper Willie, Ned Flanders, Krusty the Clown, Apu, Milhouse, Snake, Barney, and many more. Are we going to let Mr. Burns have his way with the town just so he can save a few bucks? No way. His crazy scheme is going down. So saddle up, Wildlanders. Pick your favorite character, buckle up, and be sure to adjust your mirrors. The meter is running, and it is time to get to work. So by my count, there's over 20 Simpsons video games out there. It all started with the Simpsons arcade game that was released back in 1991, but the Simpsons spread to other consoles and mediums well after that. Bart vs. the Space Mutants came out the same year, Krusty's Funhouse in 92, Bart's Nightmare in 1993, the Itchy and Scratchy game in 1995, Simpsons Wrestling in 2001, Simpsons Skateboarding in 2002, Simpsons Hit and Run in 2003, and so on. While these are just a small sampling, this small list really spans the quality spectrum when it comes to the series in video game form. Hit and Run is pretty universally revered as the best game of the bunch, while Simpsons Skateboarding the absolute bottom of the barrel. I get the impression that there's more bad than good, but I've always looked at these video games with a sense of awe. They span so many years and so many genres. Bowling, skateboarding, wrestling, beat-em-up, side-scrolling platformers, 3D platformers, mobile games, and more. There is practically something for everybody. I really enjoy The Simpsons in general, but I never made it a point to get into the TV show. 
I know a decent amount of characters and get some of the references, and I enjoy what I watch, but I still have not gone out of my way to watch a ton of the TV show. I'd venture to say that I've learned more about The Simpsons from my stepdaughter than anybody else. I would go so far as to say that if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have given any Simpsons video game the time of day. The amount of bad games seem to outweigh the good, and I don't really want to wade through all that sludge just to find one of the good ones. But I will say, the journey so far hasn't been too bad. So where does The Simpsons Road Rage fall on the pile of Simpsons video games? Is it a good one? Is it a bad one? Is it one to be avoided at all costs? Well, in order for us to figure that out, I've called upon my self-proclaimed Simpsons expert. Her and I have put some solid gameplay into Road Rage, and we use several methods that have been approved by the scientific community, and we've both come up with a conclusion that we're both pretty happy with. So here's how this episode is going to go, in case you didn't catch it in the intro. First, I'm going to spend some time peeling back the layers of this game in typical Wildlands fashion. I'll cover the basics of the game, the different game modes, the gameplay experience, as well as touch on the presentation. Then, after a short musical break, my stepdaughter Cameron and I are going to sit down and talk about our experiences together with the game. We've each prepared some questions for each other, and we'll use those to showcase our overall thoughts. At the end of the interview process, each of us is going to rate The Simpsons Road Rage on a 10 scale. It should be a pretty good time, so strap yourselves in, Wildlanders. Let's pop the hood on this bad boy and see exactly what it is that we're working with today. So, what is this game? The Simpsons Road Rage is a game that I cannot quite categorize. You're driving around in cars really fast, but it's not really a racing game. It's not vehicular combat either. Actually, what I think I need to do is call it like it is. Road Rage is a crazy taxi clone. In the game, you control one of many characters from the Simpsons universe who are all driving around in different manner of vehicles. The goal of the game is to pick up passengers and take them to their destinations. The faster you get them there, the more money you'll make. As you make money, you'll start to unlock more characters to use and more locations to drive through. And that right there is the general gist. There is a story-based reason for all of this, which we learn as soon as we boot the game up. We join the Simpsons in their home as Bart is playing a video game and having a pretty good time while he's doing it. Dad. Quit playing those stupid video games, boy. I want to watch TV. Homer changes the channel and on screen pops a news conference. Local reporter Kent Brockman is live where C. Montgomery Burns is about to make an announcement concerning the future of public transportation in Springfield. We're live in front of City Hall as joyless plutocrat Montgomery Burns is about to unveil his new line of nuclear-powered buses. Behold the Burns Atomic Megabus. Faster, cheaper, and completely safe. Please kill me. Ooh, that does not look good. It seems like all the nuclear power used to run the new atomic megabus isn't all that safe. Go figure. Hans Moleman, who has been completely irradiated, asks to be put out of his misery. Yeesh, talk about bad luck. That poor man. I hope someone does kill him. Whoa, Marge, calm yourself. Wow. 
There was a point where Cameron and I looked at each other like, did she really just say that? Anyway, let's get back to it. Those radioactive buses are a threat to the public health. Threat to public health, eh? That gives me an idea. Homer heads out to the driveway where he paints Homer for Hire on the side of the family sedan. Homer plans to offer his services to the town in an effort to stop the mass usage of the atomic megabuses. What does the rest of the family think about this wild idea? What do you think? Just get to the game already! Well, there you have it. No more screwing around, it's time to get into it. So the premise of The Simpsons Road Rage is a simple one. We choose between several characters and drive around the streets of Springfield in search of passengers in need of a ride. We stop, pick them up, take them to their destination, get paid, repeat. We are quite literally taxi drivers. But this isn't your regular taxi service, oh no. This is a crazy taxi service. Er, sorry, I probably shouldn't say that, you know, for the copyright reasons. This is, uh, this is a super go fast without regard to personal and public safety taxi service. We're able to drive incredibly fast and not have to worry about the damages we cause or the people we run over. All that matters is getting our passengers to their destinations as quickly as possible so we can get paid as much as possible within the allotted amount of time that we have to do it in. The game itself has four game modes. Road Rage, which is the main way to play the game. Sunday Drive mode, where you can drive freely around a level without a time limit or money-making opportunities. A mission mode where you can work towards specific objectives in short, timed levels. And finally, there's a head-to-head mode where you and a friend can play split-screen and battle it out for passengers and ultimately the title of craziest taxi driver in Springfield. I mean, the best taxi driver in Springfield. So from here, I say we boot up a round of Road Rage and experience the game firsthand. Or at least as well as I can describe it to you in an audio-only format. Now, I played this game on the Nintendo GameCube, so that's what I'll be speaking to in this episode. Not that any of the other versions are all that different. Unless you count the Game Boy Advance version, but that little guy is in a class all its own. So grab your GameCube controller and let's get started. Alright, when we get to the main menu, we select the Road Rage mode. From here, we choose which driver we want to play as. Initially, only five characters are available. Homer, Bart, Marge, Lisa, and Grandpa. Each character has their own vehicle, and each vehicle will handle slightly differently. There's nothing on screen that is going to tell you the strengths and weaknesses of each vehicle, we're just going to have to figure that out on our own. Each character is paired up with a vehicle that either best suits their personality, or is a throwback Simpsons reference. Homer drives the family sedan, environmentally conscious Lisa drives an electric car, and Marge races downtown in the Canyonero. While I experimented with a lot of drivers, I always kept coming back to Homer. He seemed more balanced out of everybody else to me in terms of speed, acceleration, and handling. So we're going to choose him now. Let's do this thing! From here, we choose what location to start at. We have six options to choose from here, including the Springfield Entertainment District, Downtown, and the Nuclear Power Plant area, just to name a few. 
When we start off, only one location is open for us, and that is called Evergreen Terrace. That's the road the Simpsons themselves live on, and this stage is a level that has their home and a few surrounding streets on it. So since it's our only option, we select it. Alright, let's get ready for some action. We're taken to a loading screen where we see Bart playing a video game on his TV. Ah, that sure looks like fun. And that'll be us here in a second. Or two. Or three? Uh, is, is the game... Is the game still loading? Man, this is taking forever. Which is actually a great time to talk about my first gripe with this game. The loading times. The loading times between each level seem to range from 15 to 25 seconds, depending on what it was that I was doing. And while that doesn't really seem like a long time when you say it like that, try sitting in a quiet room and counting to 25. It's pretty agonizing. Now, loading screens weren't all that uncommon, especially for any game system that uses disc-based media, but for a game that prides itself on speed, fast-paced action, and all of that, this was really jarring for the overall experience. Ah, okay, we're ready to go, finally. When the game begins, Montgomery burns himself with Smithers at the wheel, drives up alongside us, and shouts out towards us. Steal any of my passengers and you'll pay for it, my friend. You'll pay dearly. Well, that was not very pleasant at all, was it? Obviously, Burns isn't too happy that we're trying to squash his new mass transit plan. He'll actually be out on the roadways, and if he sees us, will try to ram us in an effort to stop us. We'll need to be on the lookout for him and avoid him at all costs. But let's forget about him for now. We have a job to do. At the top left-hand side of the screen, you can see that we have a time limit. We only have so much time to get as many passengers as possible, so let's not waste any more time talking about it. Pressing A on the controller accelerates us forward. Right away, we see two potential customers up ahead, surrounded by bright blue rings. All we need to do is stop our car within that blue circle, and the passenger standing there will hop in our car. First up, we come across Bart. When we come to a stop, Homer calls out. Get in, boy! To the Quickie Mart, at once! Homer for hire, at your service! Alright, from here, it's a race to get Bart to the Quickie Mart as fast as possible. There are three things on screen that we need to be mindful of while driving down the road. First, there's a GPS-style map in the lower left-hand corner of the screen. It will have your current position on it and your destination, but it really doesn't show you the shortest way to get there. If you look at the top of the screen, a giant yellow hand has appeared, and it will be pointing you in the right direction. Now, it's only going to point you down the fastest route via road. If there's a shortcut that you can take through somebody's backyard or a back alley, you're going to have to find those yourself, so be on the lookout. And finally, there's a red stopwatch that is now counting down. This is how long you have to get Bart to his destination before he gets fed up with your incompetence and bails out, at which point you will not be paid. Okay, so let's get going. We hit the gas and we're off. Other than Burns driving around to stop you, you might come across one of the atomic megabuses out on the roadways. They'll also try and slow you down if they see you, so be careful. Beyond that, the only other obstacles in your way will be the other cars and objects in the road, like lampposts, mailboxes, and fences. 
Most objects will just fly away when you hit them, and you might only experience just a little bit of a slowdown. Some cars you hit might slow you down a little bit more, but you really want to be careful of buildings and other permanent structures. Hit just one right, and your car will stop immediately, and you'll lose precious seconds backing up and getting back on the road again. In order to get the most cash and the highest rankings, you'll need to get good at going fast and dodging everything in your way. So speaking to that, how are the controls? Are they pretty responsive? Do the vehicles respond well? Well, I think the answer here is kind of. While most vehicles have their strengths and weaknesses, I found that most of them didn't handle all that well, at least not for me. You steer them using the left control stick, and I really felt like this was very touchy. There would be times that I would just breathe a little too hard in one direction, and I would find my driver face first into a wall. Now, you can steer your vehicle using the directional pad on the controller, and I felt like this method reduced how hard I turned, but it almost reduced it just a little too much. It was hard to find a middle ground sometimes. All that to say, depending on the game session, I was either extremely maneuverable and found myself weaving in and out of traffic with ease, or I was causing accidents and running over random people left and right. There was not much in between for me. Every now and then, I would find myself stuck on a piece of stage geometry or something that had fallen into the road, too. I can't count how many times I would knock over a tall street lamp just for it to fall right in my path and get stuck underneath my own car, slowing me down. It wasn't the worst thing ever, but it was pretty annoying to say the least. Now, it sort of goes without saying, but you want to get your passengers to their destination as quickly as possible. The faster you do it, the bigger cash payout you get. Ah, there it is. Looks like the Quickie Mart is just up ahead. Let's stop the car and collect our fee. Got it! Driving! Awesome, man! That was the best ride ever! Alright, good work. From here, we get our cash payment, maybe a few more seconds on the overall clock, and then it's time for us to find another passenger. Oh, over there! There's Millhouse! Let's go over there and grab him. Millhouse? You're one weird-looking kid, you know that? Wow. Sorry, Mr. Simpson. Take me home! I have to regroup from a wedgie! Okay, I didn't ask for your life story. <laughs> ah, I do love the back-and-forth banter that happens when you pick up passengers. While most of them are pretty generic, a decent amount of them are tailored to the person that you're driving as and the person that you're picking up. I actually found myself more interested in what the characters had to say than the driving experience itself sometimes. Now, this is pretty much the whole gameplay experience, but every now and then, after you pick up a passenger, the game will flash a small mini-mission on screen just to spice some things up. You'll get missions like destroy so many objects or avoiding hitting so many cars. If you can accomplish these missions before dropping off your passenger, and you drop them off before they bail out on you, you'll get a pretty big cash bonus. While not overly complicated, they do introduce a small element of strategy. Do you spend time trying to find enough objects to destroy to get that cash bonus? Or do you forget about it and just try and save as much time as you can so you can get more cab fares? Most of the time, though, I found that I just neglected the side missions. 
Usually what happened was the mission had me avoid traffic, and by the time the mission itself had displayed on screen, I had already hit enough cars on the road for the mission to be considered a failure. So yeah, I personally didn't care about this gameplay edition, but I'm sure if you get good at it, you can really, really rake in the money. Okay, looks like Millhouse's house is just up ahead. Let's stop, dump him out, and collect yet another fare. That was too easy. Wah, thanks, Mr. Stimpson. Woohoo, more money in our pockets. So a level continues on like this until you inevitably run out of time. Once the game is over, your total cash earnings are totaled up and added to a pile that will keep accumulating. As your accumulated cash total hits certain milestones, you can unlock new characters and open up new locations to play through. The nice thing is you can open up these things in whatever order that you want. I personally suggest opening up all the locations first so you aren't stuck in just one place for an extended period of time. That is going to get very boring very fast. But you do you. Whatever you want to do, just know that the option is there. Now, to consider the game complete, you have to accumulate one million dollars. There's a scene at the end of the game that plays showing Mr. Burns giving up his hold on the public transit system, and then the credits roll. There's one more brief scene with Aliens Kang and Kodos that plays, and then, well, that's it. Cameron and I have not accumulated a million dollars yet, but I assume you can just keep going with the game after this happens. So what about the other game modes, you might be wondering? There's a mission mode, but it is pretty bare bones. It contains 10 missions that you have to unlock in order. In each mission, you have to accomplish a specific objective while playing as a predetermined character. The menu option itself in-game reads, Help your favorite characters achieve their goals before time runs out. This sounds pretty exciting, but in reality, it really is not. After the fourth mission, I was pretty well turned off by them. I mean, they provided a decent challenge. Some levels were actually pretty hard, and they felt really good when I was able to finally beat them. But eight out of the ten missions have really the same objective. You just have to run over a certain amount of objects before time runs out. That's it. Like I said, while I appreciate the challenge of some of these missions, that's all you're really doing. And the longest mission starts you off with 50 seconds to finish it, so these missions are incredibly short. Really, what's going to happen is you're going to be spending more time in the loading screens watching Bart play his video game than you are actually playing through these missions. Now, the other two missions that don't involve destroying cars just have you getting from point A to point B without letting Mr. Burns hit your car. These two specific missions were pretty easy, and they also were not very creative. I did read, though, that you can unlock an alternative vehicle for Homer if you complete this mode, but I got to a point where I made it to Mission 8 and just could not bear it anymore. And that is not for lack of trying, by the way. I tried over and over again to hit these log piles that I needed to with Lisa, but no matter what I did, no matter what shortcut I took, I just could not get to the last one in time. I spent 30 minutes before work one morning trying to accomplish this mission. Now I know that I suck at video games sometimes, but at this point I just decided that the missions were not worth my time and I abandoned them. The other game mode that I wanted to point out was the Sunday Drive mode. 
In this mode, you can drive around any location you have unlocked without the clock running. You can still pick up and drive passengers around to their destinations, but there's no time limit and no cash to be earned. I actually recommend you try this mode out for two reasons. First, it's a great way to learn the lay of the land without the pressure of the clock. There's plenty of shortcuts and hidden pathways that your compass doesn't show you in the heat of the moment, which you can use to cut time off your trips considerably. And second, there was a lot of detail put into the areas that you drive through. Even if you're a casual Simpsons fan, there is a lot to see as you're driving down the streets of Springfield, and plenty you actually won't see because you're driving at breakneck speeds. I encourage you to take some time and ride around, see if you can spot some throwbacks you recognize if you're any at all interested in that sort of thing. While many familiar locations are passenger destinations in the game like Willie's Shack, Moe's Tavern, Krusty Burger, and even the Duff Brewery, there's little nods to things like Flanders Leftorium, the Box Factory, the Flying Dutchman Restaurant, and so on. I recognized a few things myself, but I loved when I was playing with Cameron and she would just point something out and go, that's something I saw in that one episode. It really spoke to the level of detail that the developers put into this game. Road Rage might have used a gameplay formula that was made popular by another game, but this really is a Simpsons game, and we couldn't help but be immersed into the world any time we played. And like I mentioned before, the banter between all the characters was really fun to listen to. All the voice talent from the show offered up a ton of lines to be used as you drive around Springfield, but I will say, though, that some of the lines spoken do get repeated pretty often, and they'll start to lose their magic pretty quick, especially if you play the game for an extended period of time in one sitting. I found that I would use characters I didn't like just so I could hear some different dialogue. Now, the last game mode is called Head to Head. This is a pretty interesting addition to the game that allows two players to play against each other. Whoever reaches the predetermined amount of points first is the winner. Players choose their vehicles, a stage, and then they're off. So here's how head-to-head -head works. On the map, a passenger will appear. The first person to that passenger will automatically pick them up, and they don't even have to stop to do it. Then, if you can take the passenger to their destination, you get points. Simple as that. Now, there is only one passenger at a time in play so you have to make sure that you get there first. But if you don't, not all is lost. The player who does not have a passenger can ram into the player that does have one and steal that passenger from them. It's a pretty fun tug and pull between players, and Cameron and I had a pretty good time with it. The game mode, though, does have its flaws. While the concept is a fun one, it was really hard for us to be able to smash into each other's cars, so in the three matches that we played, which spanned over a 20-minute period or so, I think I stole her passenger once, and she stole mine maybe twice. And that only happened because the one with the passenger messed up so bad that we were at a complete standstill when the other player came charging in. So really, whoever got the passenger first usually scored, so there wasn't as much back and forth as I would have liked to have seen. Also, while I think the next passenger will usually spawn closest to the person losing, there was one time I remember being pretty far ahead on the scoreboard, and the final passenger I needed to win spawned right next to me when Cameron was just several blocks away still. 
But whatever, a win is a win, you know? <laughs> Sorry, sweetheart. So to wrap up our first section of this episode, there really isn't much more to talk about when it comes to The Simpsons Road Rage. Everything I described here is pretty much all the game has to offer. Get passengers, drive fast, drop off passengers, get paid, profit, repeat. As you make profit and collect money, you unlock stuff, and then you repeat again. It's a very straightforward experience. And while we could certainly take the time to dissect each driver, figure out who's best on what stage and all that, I argue that we really don't need to. Really, this is a game that is meant to be played and experienced for yourself. Each Road Rage session will last you maybe five minutes, and that's if you're doing well. Because of the repetitiveness of this game, Road Rage is best enjoyed in 30 to 60 minute play sessions at most. Get in, play a few stages, unlock something new, then walk away for a little while. If you do this, the gameplay won't get nearly as stale so quickly, and all the voiceover lines you start to hear over and over again won't drive you to the brink of insanity so fast. You can just focus on the fast, fun gameplay that the title has to offer. For me, I genuinely enjoyed learning the locations and trying to rack up as much cash as I could so I could add them to my total and work towards unlocking the next thing. Road Rage is absolutely a grind, but I am pretty positive that Cameron and I will continue to chip away at this game for the foreseeable future. It really was a fun time, as long as you understand what it is that you're getting yourself into. So all of that said, is The Simpsons Road Rage a must-play game? What if you're a diehard Simpsons fan? Is there enough fan service here for you to justify finding yourself a copy? Well, I think it's time I sat down with Cameron and her and I talk about what we liked and what we didn't like about Road Rage while throwing in some witty banter in between. So we're going to take a very quick break so I can grab us some water and get settled in. When we return, Cameron and I are going to talk about our first-hand experiences with The Simpsons Road Rage. and welcome to the interview portion of our podcast episode today. We have a returning guest making her way back into the wildlands with me. If you've not heard her before, she was on our very 10th episode of the podcast where we talked The Simpsons Arcade. Welcome back, my stepdaughter, self-proclaimed Simpsons superfan and show expert, Cameron. How you doing, honey? Good. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for doing this with me. This is going to be fun, I think. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> You're practicing something new that you learned since the last time we talked to you. What are you doing with your uh, with your hands over there? I'm finger crocheting. Finger crocheting. Yeah, I have a crochet class at my school. It's one of those accelerated term things. And she taught us how to finger crochet. Yeah, okay. Nice. Just don't make me a scarf or something I have to wear, please. That's what I'm doing right now. <sighs> <laughs> I might wear it. All right, so. This portion of the podcast is being recorded before I've actually recorded the first part of the podcast, just to give everyone a peek behind the scenes here at the Wildlands. So 
It's been interesting. You and I, Cameron, have been playing this game for, it's been probably three or four days, I think. We've been putting a decent amount of hours into it, and I think we've got some opinions about The Simpsons Road Rage. Really fun. It is really fun. I I, I have enjoyed myself so far. But before we get into what we're going to do, for those that have not heard the show before, we're going to do the same thing you and I did last time. We've got a couple questions that we have queued up about the show and some Simpsons stuff, and just some rando things that we're going to go back and forth about, but... I did want to give everyone a very brief explanation as to what this game is, just in case they didn't listen to the first part of the show, because you never know, honey, people might be tuning in just to hear you. I know, because I'm better than you. All right. We are off to a great start. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So real quick, what is The Simpsons Road Rage? So in The Simpsons Road Rage, the whole premise of the game is Mr. Burns has bought all of the public transit systems in Springfield and he's replaced them all with his own line of buses. But the problem is these buses are not very good in terms of the health and safety of the citizens of Springfield. They're all uh, irradiated, I believe. So the citizens of the town decide to take a stand and become eh, more or less taxi drivers and help give people rides around town. For anyone that's listening, it's kind of like the game Crazy Taxi. If you've never played the game Crazy Taxi, well, hopefully Cameron and I could fill in the gaps pretty well. So, alright honey, we played this game on the Nintendo GameCube. Yeah. And you never heard of the Nintendo GameCube before, have you? Yeah. When I first saw it, I didn't know it was Nintendo. So, so, So describe how it looks for anyone that's never seen a GameCube before. A rectangle box thing. A rectangle box. Oh, hold on. So this GameCube is a rectangle? Yeah, it looks like a rectangle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, awesome. Well, you know the best part about it, too? Probably can't see it. I'm I'm reaching to my left, those listening to the podcast. It has a carrying handle on it. You can carry it around like a lunchbox. I don't know why you would want to do that, either. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that wouldn't end well. (laughs) Right? So, and then a fun fact, too, the GameCube came out in 2001 on November 18th in North America. Were you even alive? No. You were not alive. No, not until 2010. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so let's get to our round of questioning. So the first thing I'm going to ask you, this is just a you question. So speaking of the GameCube, this is the very first time that you've used this ancient relic of a game system. What did you think about the controller? Um, it's different, that's for sure. Um, it's like, it has some of the same buttons like an Xbox controller has, but it's like in different places. So like the A, B, Y, and X are in like completely different places. And then there's a little stick that says C on it, and it's really weird. Oh, the little yellow nub right where your right hand would be. Did we even use that when we were playing the game? No, I tried to. But it doesn't do anything. So you you mentioned the Xbox. You're more used to the Xbox controller than anything. Yeah. And and we've we've played a little bit with the Switch with uh, the Joy Cons a little bit. But does it feel good in your hands, or does it just feel kind of weird? It feels the same as a regular controller in your hands, but like trying to figure out where things are and navigate it, it's different. Fair enough. I'm going to have to show you a Nintendo 64 controller. Just imagine the GameCube controller with a big part coming down the middle that comes maybe a couple inches down to here. Really weird. I know. It's, it's, it's something. <laughs> so I'll show that to you one day. All right. So let's get into the next question. Um, did you want to ask this one? Sure. All right. Who was your favorite driver to use and why? 
Yeah, so in the Simpsons Road Rage, there was a lot of different drivers we could pick, like all the Simpsons members, right, and Grandpa, then Willie, and Chief Wiggum, and a bunch of others. But my favorite to use, it's kind of a basic answer, was Homer. I liked Homer because out of all the different vehicles, we kind of found out that they all control differently, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I think Willie, even though he's on a big tractor, he is stupid fast, right? Extremely fast. Right. Homer, for me, though, he was like middle of the road. He wasn't super fast. His handling was okay. And I don't know about you, and I'm only ever going to tell this to you, don't let any of our listeners hear, but you're better at this game than me. And I can't control these drivers really well, but Homer, I can control Homer pretty well. So that's why I pick Homer. (laughs) Mine would probably be Lisa because she goes really fast. I love going fast. And drifting in her car and steering and stuff, is a lot better than all the other cars that I've tried. Gotcha. So it's more about the control. You feel like you got a lot of better control with her. Yeah, and more traction when I'm driving. Yeah, I I, I, I like playing as Ned Flanders and in, in whatever his thing is that he has, but I feel like he slides all over the road for me. So he really yeah. Does. So yeah, that's very important. You got to make sure you stay yourself on the road there too. So. And if I remember right, too, a little sneak preview of our last interview, Lisa was your favorite Simpsons character, yes. too, right? Yeah. Lisa's just better overall, you know? Just better overall. Yeah, everything she does is just amazing, right? Yep. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'll ask the next question. So, since we're talking about the game Road Rage, Simpsons Road Rage, what was the funnest thing about this game? What did you most enjoy about playing The Simpsons Road Rage? Probably getting to see all of like the places that are in the movies and show. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff that was around Springfield that we saw and we and we made a list. We were we were driving around just before we sat down and recorded this episode of all the different things that we saw. Uh, the very first thing that you brought up to me was the burlesque episode. <laughs> yeah, the burlesque place was in it. That was like the first thing I noticed. What was special about that episode of the show? You told me the story, but I can't remember. Um, Bart pretends to be older than he is, and he works at a burlesque. The rest of the town found out, and they were trying to close it down, but everybody started singing a song about how they should keep it open, and in the end... They decided to keep it open and everything. So, yeah, that, that's the only reason I remember it. Nice. And we didn't find it in the game, but I saw somewhere that you can find the statue of Jebediah Springfield, and if you hit it with your car, the head will roll off, just like that one episode way back when. Yep. Um, we came across Truckosaurus mm-hmm. in, the, in the big arena, I think it was. What was the story behind Truckosaurus? <laughs> they had to do something for Lisa. And they also found the Truckosaurus tickets and stuff. So when they got, after they did Lisa's thing and they were going to the Truckosaurus, they were looking for a parking spot and they thought they found one when actually they drove into the ring where the Truckosaurus was fighting and the Truckosaurus chopped up their car. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) That sounds like a fun one. What else did we find? Oh, the... The Leftorium. You told me this story, but yes, yes, please regale our audience and tell me that story again. Ned Flanders, he is a left-handed person, and he opens up a store for all of the left-handed people in the show. So people came in and started robbing his Leftorium. They robbed his Leftorium? Oh, 
<laughs> was it a bunch of right-handed people that robbed him? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so what are you? Are you right or left-handed? You're you're crocheting right now and putting it on your left hand, so that means you're right-handed? Yes. Nice. I am also right-handed. So we saw some other stuff, too, like the Putt-Putt Golf Course, the Aztec Theater, Duff Blimp, Most Tavern, but we identified that is pretty much in everything. Yes. Um, oh, uh, King Toots Music Store. You told me that's where Lisa got her saxophone? Yeah, um, when she was born, she had already, always had the saxophone. And the story behind it was Homer went and got it for her. He had two options. He could buy something else, I forget what it was, or the saxophone for Lisa. He ended up buying it for her, and she's had it for a really long time. And then they brought up the story because she accidentally got her saxophone ran over. Ooh. There was an engraving on it. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Mm. But Gotcha. No, that's always cool. I, anytime I think of Lisa, I always think of her and her saxophone. Yeah. Which reminds me of another thing that we saw when we were driving, too. We saw a banner that advertised a show for Bleeding Gums Murphy. Yes. Bleeding Gums Murphy is a saxophone player, and he inspires Lisa to play the blues when she was really sad and depressed, and it made her happier just playing the saxophone. Awesome. I do remember seeing some of the episodes of Bleeding Gums Murphy, and I really thought those were really well done. Those are cool. Yeah. Some other spots we saw, just to name a couple off, the Goo Goo Plex, which is the movie theater, I think you said. Yeah. Uh, Krusty Burger, and we saw Camp Krusty, which you were telling me Camp Krusty looks great on the outside, but is not so much on the inside. Yeah, they got a n- newspaper ad, and they were all excited to go because it looked like a, such a wonderful place. And then when they got there, it was like a dump. Ooh. Like, literally. All of the camp counselors were teenagers. That Krusty was supposed to be there, but he wasn't even there. They had Barney dress up as Krusty and go on. <laughs> but, yeah, so they escaped. You've watched way more of these than I have, so I'm glad you can tell me what these are all about. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of good about the game so far. We liked a lot of the things that we saw, especially that re- related to the show. But if you want to ask our next question, let's go in a different direction. What didn't you like about this game? What didn't I like about this game? Well, it was really fun, but for me, I don't know how you felt, but I started to get bored after a little bit. And not to say for the whole game, like the last night when we were playing, we were playing for probably a good hour, I think. Probably. Pro- yeah, probably about at the end of that hour, I was kind of like, eh, all right, I think I've kind of had enough. It's probably like a thing that you can play, like, spanned out in time rather than just playing it all in one hour. Right. Well, well, here's a fun fact for you, and I think some of our listeners listening may know this too. The game Crazy Taxi that this game was based on originally began in arcades, I believe. And in arcades, I mean, you and I have been to arcades before, like when we've gone to this, that, or the other. But when you put your put your quarter in or you're playing a game, you're like, you're dead pretty quick, or you're only doing something for a short amount of time. That's how Crazy Taxi was. So when they bring it over to the Simpsons formula, it's like, I don't think this game was designed to be played in big sessions. But I still had fun with it. I just, I just, I don't, I don't want to eat so much of it all at once, I think is what I'm getting at. I did love, though, unlocking all the different new characters to hear them talk and banner amongst each other, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, I, I got bored after about an hour of playtime. I had to take a break. One thing I didn't like about... The game was probably, like, when you first start playing, the controllers are set up a certain way, 
and like the A button is to go and the B button is to stop. Yep. I didn't like that. I liked how you do it. Like when you're playing Forza, you use the uh, the triggers. The triggers, yes, to go forward and go backward. So I like it better set up that way because that's what I've been used to for a long time. Luckily, though, in the game, you can set it up to change it that way. Yeah, once we went in the options menu and we found out a way to change it, you didn't have to press the buttons to go. We could use the trigger. So, yeah, once once we did that, it seemed like you got a lot better at the game, too. It made it just felt better for you. Mm-hmm. And one thing I found out, like, we thought you still had to press the A button to stop. Mm. And actually, you can press the other trigger, like the left trigger, to stop instead of having to press the button. Yeah. I figured that out. Yep. But to reverse, you have to click A, right? No. I think that, no, I think it was the X button. Yeah, the X. The X button. To reverse. Perfect. And then, oh, you mentioned to me too that when we were playing around in the entertainment plaza, some of those alleys and smaller roads were kind of a pain in your butt. They really were because they had a lot of turns in them and they were like sharp-ish turns for those cars. And so it was really hard to just drive down when you're trying to go fast. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a lot of a lot of little alleyways and things like that, too. There'd be times I'd be driving around Evergreen Terrace, which is the first area of the game, and I'd try to go behind some houses to, you know, maybe try to get into a shortcut or something and like that. And then you just, like, can't get out. Right. You're just stuck. And it's like, oh, well, I can hear Nelson laughing. You, <laughs> you know what? Speaking of Nelson, is he in the game? I don't think I've, we've picked him up, have we? I think I've picked him up once. Have we? Okay, gotcha. Well, either way, when I was stuck somewhere, I was sure I heard him laughing somewhere. <laughs> and, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing I didn't like is, like, if you accidentally went up somewhere that you can't get down from and, like, you're stuck, it's just that way for the rest of the game and you can't move. Right. Which is one thing I hated about it. Oh, and, that, and and even just to put on top of what you just said, how many times were we driving, we would hit something and then just get stuck on that something. Like yeah. a light pole or um that one person I ran over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And... When, before we switched the controls, because we didn't know we could do that at the time, mm-hmm. like, you couldn't reverse at all. I'm pretty sure there was, like, no way to reverse. Yeah, that or we were just too dumb to figure it out, one of the <laughs> yeah, two. Yeah, probably that. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, there was a lot of lot of little things, I think, that kind of bugged me about it, too, as, as we're talking. But, yeah, getting stuck on objects and stuff kind of sucked a little bit. But, I don't know, when we were going fast, whew, we were going fast. That was for darn sure. Yeah. All right, so let's go to the next question. So what are your, or some of your, favorite lines that we heard from the characters? So to give everyone some quick backstory or how this works is, when when a character you're driving as goes to pick somebody up, there's some banter between the two of them. Homer will say, get in, and the person will be like, oh, thanks for the ride, but it's not as simple as that. All of the lines are recorded by the original voice cast of The Simpsons, which is awesome, but some of the banter back and forth Kind of annoying, but kind of funny. Some of it is hilarious. What <laughs> yeah. was what was your favorite? Or one of them? Can you name the truck with four-wheel drive? Smells like a steak in seats 35. Can you narrow? Can you narrow? Well, it goes real slow with the hammer down. It's the country fried truck endorsed by a clown. Can you narrow? Yeah. Can you narrow? Yeah. <laughs> That is such a good song! <laughs> and I think Marge sung that when she got in she her did. car, right? Um, when you first start, or like when you pick somebody up, she'll start singing that 
and it made me laugh every single time. <laughs> I forgot all about that bit watching The Simpsons. That was such a good throwback. Mm-hmm. I know one of my favorite lines, since I like using Homer so much, I got to hear this a lot. Whenever Homer would go and pick up Flanders, he would just be so distraught. Oh, no, Flanders, why did I stop? <laughs> uh, that was a good one. I like Barney. I picked up Barney once and he said, will you take me to church? I think I did something last night I need to confess, but I don't remember what it was. That was, was that an okay Barney voiceover i think it did okay there yeah. <laughs> oh one thing i forgot to mention is that one thing i don't like in general um homer he picked up marge and marge said she was going to patty in Selma's house and homer said can i come too like homer would never say that no no homer would never want to go to patty and Selma's house yeah, he dreads them <laughs> he- and I- them. And I can tell why the game does that. Like, the game has, like, a standard greeting when they get their passenger. The passenger says something, and then the driver, um, when I was playing as Homer, he'll always say something like, just just to close the conversation. So I think it was random, but still, like, no, he would never say never that. Say that. <laughs> never say that at all. All right, so we're, we've got a few more questions left, but we're going to take a quick break. And instead, I want to talk about a completely different game mode that you and I got to experience called... Okay. Yeah, Head to Head. So for those of you that have never played this game before, real fast, what Head to Head is, is you can play split screen. So two players, one on top of the screen, one on the bottom, and you're both fighting for cab fares. So there'll be someone on the map that you'll have to go pick up, and whoever gets there first gets to drive that person to their destination. If you make it to your destination, you get points. But the other person that doesn't get the fare, doesn't get the person, they can catch up and ram the other player, steal that fare from them, and try to steal points from them. So yeah, it's very it's very head-to-head, as the name would imply. What do you think about this game mode? It was fun. I beat you in it. We did three rounds and I won. Because <laughs> you suck at it. Um, I'm pretty sure I beat you at least once. You beat me once. Okay, just so that's on record. Only Uno time. Only Uno. (laughs) So what did you like about Head to Head? (laughs) Whenever you would try to to hit me, you would always miss. Yep. Yeah. We were, we go so fast in this game and it's really hard to kind of line up hitting you. Like sometimes I'd have to wait until you hit a building and were stopped. And then I would like ram you on the side and then take your, your fare and go. But a lot of times I'd, I'd try to line you up and we'd miss each other. (laughs) But I certainly had a good time with it too. It was definitely very competitive. I will say though, sometimes if one of us was like way out in front, there was like no chance we were catching each other. Nope. And we would just stop. Right. But I will say, and I don't know if you noticed this, I noticed that whoever had the lower score, it seemed to me that when the next fair popped up on the map, it was kind of closer to the person that was losing. So I don't know if you noticed that or not, but I I thought I noticed that. And I thought that was like the reason why I beat you that one time, because the computer was sad and wanted me to win. Um, When you were going against me and you won, whenever you would get them first and I knew I wasn't going to catch up to you, I would, like, it showed on the map kind of where they would be placed, and I would just sit there and wait until it popped up, and I would be closer than it than you, so I would get it, and that's how I won most of the time. So you're trying to say that you're smarter than I am using the game's resources. Yep. I was going to tell you that last night, but um, then I refrained from it because didn't want you to beat me. 
Oh, hmm, okay. This is this is good. I'm gonna remember that next time you and I do anything competitive. <laughs> Strategies. Right. Strategies. All right. Couple more questions before we wrap up. So, do you want to ask question number six? Yes. Whose car was easier to control? Easier to control. Okay, so we had our favorites, or, or, or the drivers we like to use the most. I'm still going to say Homer. For me, Homer was the easiest to control for me. It, it was just perfect, not too fast, not too slow, and when I wanted to turn a different direction, Homer would do it instead of careening into a wall like some other people looking at you, Bart. What about you? Who is, who is easiest to control, do you think? Lisa again, because like I said earlier... For me, it was easier to, like, turn and stuff with her, and if I wanted to just go straight, I could just go straight. But Willie was also fun because he was fast, and he was able to turn really good and everything. Even with that huge tractor that he drives, he was really, really fast. Extremely fast. And I think, I I felt like when you ran into cars and things like that, I felt like they flew out of your way a lot better than any of the other vehicles we had unlocked at that Mm -hmm. point. Yeah, Willie was definitely fun. I love Willie. All right. He's okay. He's okay. <laughs> All right. So, next question. What character was your favorite in the game, even if they were hard to use? So, for me, Flanders was my favorite in the game, even though he was kind of hard to use. I mentioned it before. But he seemed to slide all over the place for me, and he didn't have much traction. Or maybe I just suck at the game. That is very possible. But I, I liked the different banter that Flanders had when he was picking certain people up. And I don't know. He's just kind of a lovable dork type of character for me. I can't explain it. He is a dork. Kind of, yeah. He's like you. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Should have brought some burn heal up in here. <laughs> You need it. Right. You're probably going to go cry in the bathroom after this. All right. Well, while I, while I tend to my burn wounds, tell, tell our listeners who your favorite was, even if they were hard to control. Marge, because her canyon arrow. Canyon arrow. Canyon arrow. <laughs> uh, I played this song on my laptop, and your mom was in the room, and she didn't even look up. She doesn't, she doesn't get the magic that is the canyon arrow. Canyon arrow is beautiful. Can you name the truck with four-wheel drive? Smells like a steak and seats 35. Can you narrow? Can you narrow? All right. couple more questions. You want to ask the next one? I guess so. Do you like racing games in general? Just like overall. Overall racing? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good question. I'm glad I came up with it for you to ask. Yep. <laughs> so, eh, my answer is sort of. I like kart racers more than I like most other racers. Games like Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed. I played that one on my Vita, my little handheld. I also like the driving simulator games like Gran Turismo. Although the problem is I don't really have the patience for all the upgrading and the fine-tuning and stuff like that. So I'll play for a little bit and I'll kind of get bored with it. But I also do like Mario Kart. I'm not very good at Mario Kart, but I love playing Mario Kart. What about you, Peanut? What's your, uh, how do you feel about racing games in general? I would probably also say sort of. I like Mario Kart a lot. Um, Forza is a good one to mm-hmm. play. Yeah. And just racing games. Just, just kind of meh? Just kind of meh? Yeah. Like, I don't play a lot of games on, like, the Xbox and stuff, but when I do sit down, I enjoy playing. Awesome. 
All right, and I actually think that is all the questions we have. I thought we had one or two more, but that's all the ones we had prepared. So last thing we've got to do is we got to wrap it up and give this game a score. So yeah. All right, one out of ten, one being the worst piece of garbage you've ever played in your life, ten being the most magnificent piece of video game that you've ever played, where do you score The Simpsons Road Rage? I would score it personally an 8 out of 10 because it was really fun to play and cool to drive around and see all the things on Evergreen Terrace and everything like that, the entertainment district. And one thing I probably didn't like about it was some of the cars were hard to control. That's a good critique. So it, it sounds like it's a really good game, especially if you're a Simpsons fan. Yes. A lot of fan service, a lot of stuff to see. It's pretty fun for the most part, but some of the cars are kind of a little, little wild, a little hard to control. So the gameplay experience can be kind of eh sometimes. That sound about right? Yeah. Nice. So I'm kind of of the same mind. If I had to score this game, I would score it a 7 out of 10. So it's not to say I like the game any less than you or anything like that. I think I'm just a little bit more critical in my old man age, but... You are an old man. <sighs> moving on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a fun game. It can get repetitive at times, and sometimes when the characters are talking, you do hear the same lines kind of over and over again as they talk, and that can get a little stale. But really, if you take this game in small bursts, and again, like we mentioned, as long as you're a Simpsons fan, well, especially if you're a Simpsons fan, there is absolutely something to love here. The gameplay is really fun. I loved us getting more money to unlock new things, new places, new characters, so that was fun. There is a mission mode in this game that we haven't mentioned at all that is really, really bare bones. You and I tried one, couldn't get past it. I got to the eighth one and was pretty bored with it because really, with the exception of two extra missions, all of them are run something over, run these things over before time runs out, and that got kind of boring. So there's, there's definitely something here with this game. So yeah, overall, I definitely liked it, and I'm glad we got our hands on it. So, any final thoughts, Cameron, before we end out the show? Yeah, I want to play it again. Yeah, play it again? Awesome. That sounds like a plan to me. So, thank you very much for coming on the show, Cameron. I really appreciated having you here. So, yeah, let's go play some Road Rage. You ready? All right. Prepare to lose. <laughs> And that's going to do it for episode 27 of the Retro Wildlands, The Simpsons Road Rage. Thank you for joining us on our Wildlands expedition today. I really enjoyed having you with us. And another thank you to my peanut Cameron for coming on the show with me today, as well as playing some old school video games with me. There's still plenty of Simpsons games out there to cover, and I'm having a pretty good time discovering them as we go. For those of you listening, if there's a specific game that you think we should play together and cover on the show, be sure to reach out and let me know your thoughts. The Simpsons Hit and Run seems to be a good pick for next time, though I don't currently own a copy. I will be on the lookout, though, and I'll definitely be snagging it if I can find it at a reasonable price. So that being said, Cameron and I will absolutely be continuing our journey through the multiple Simpsons games, so look out for her eventual return to the Wildlands. 
If you like the show and you want to show it and myself some support, please consider leaving a good review on your preferred podcasting platform if you are able. Good reviews will help circulate the podcast so it will become visible for more listeners. And be sure to tell your friends and family about us. If you made it this far into the show, I have to assume you like what we're doing so far, so definitely tell your pals about the Retro Wildlands and let them know our expedition is open to all. If you want to keep up with what's going on around here or just want some gaming goodness added to your day, check us out on social media. You can find us over on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube if you search at Retro Wildlands. It's the best way to get a hold of me directly, so feel free to message me if you want to give me your feedback on the show, talk to me about games, or whatever else. Every weekend I'll announce what our next episode is going to be and give you all a chance to post a comment or question to be read during that show's intro, if that's something that interests you. Comments and questions can be gaming-related, but they don't have to be. It's your chance to shine in the Retro Wildland, so be on the lookout. So, what's coming up next week? There's a pretty decent chance that I'll be playing and covering Super Smash TV on the Super Nintendo. I've mentioned it on the show a few times now, and I've been itching for a shooter lately. What I've played of it so far, though, is scratching that itch, so I'm pretty happy to say the least, so stay tuned to see if that's the next one that we're going to cover. Beyond that, I have a few other things I'm working through, but I don't want to give those away just yet. Even though I sort of have a list of games that I want to cover, I keep finding myself making decisions in the moment based on how I'm feeling. There's several games that I've mentioned on the show that I've been looking to play that I just haven't yet, so I'm thinking of just keeping things like that close to my chest moving forward, unless I'm fairly sure it's something I'm going to be playing soon. I just don't want to set expectations or get you amped up for a game that I ultimately don't plan right away. I think that would annoy me as a listener to this show, so yeah. I will say, if you join us over on social, you'll at least see what's coming up the following week if you look on our pages on the weekend if you don't want to wait. Either way, I have a lot of good stuff coming up, so don't you worry. I'm hoping you'll join us on our Wildlands expedition next week when we set out in search of adventure, glory, and a little bit of nostalgia. Until then, my friend, my name is Nomad, and you can find me roaming the retro wildlands. 